When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Heroes of the Horn is brought to you by our Taviran, Lady Amanda of House Ryan. Welcome to Heroes of the Horn, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am Sir Matt. And I am Sir Ezra. Welcome to our Wheel of Time book club. The horn has sounded and we have answered the call. Today we are covering the Eye of the World chapters 1 through 9. Yeah, man. You know, super excited here, Sir Ezra. Yeah. (laughs) We're into it. We're we're, we're Mm -hmm. into the meat of it, my friend. I mean, we've been, Mm -hmm. we had the teaser, the welcome, we covered the prologue, and and here we go. So this is this is exciting. It's a great way to kind of start, you know, the new year off and and just get us going. So mm-hmm. yeah, the wheel weaves as the <laughs> wheel wills. Yeah, uh, it's great. I'm I'm certainly enjoying my time so far, albeit somewhat limited here in the wheel of time. And we have a lot of uh, our listeners. Uh, this is their first read as well. So I think that's great. You know, we're going to have people who have read this for their hundredth time and people who are reading this for their first time. But either way, uh, we just we're glad that you guys are joining us on our journey. Yeah. Well, and and we we wanted to create a place that was, um, you know, like just a safe uh, book club, a place where people could come and and chat and discuss the series. And, um, you know, so if you've been around and, and you've um, read the series or what have you, I, I, we expect you to kind of be a guide by the side, if you will, and, and help others out. So we've got some, some cool kind of, uh, we've got a spoiler series. We have, um, you know, like I look back in the Wheel of Time history, and we then have our, our main uh, read through here, uh, which, mm-hmm. is, which is a lot of fun. So. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it, it's going to be it's going to be fun. I think we have come up with a pace for this book. I think it's going to yeah. I think it's going to be pretty good. We're going to do um, two episodes a month. So this episode, we're going to cover chapters one through nine. Then I believe we're covering 10 through 17. And so um, as has gone through since he is far more familiar with the series than I am like, OK, I think this is a good chunk this is a good chunk so i think we'll yeah. get through this it's gonna uh, about april we'll be finished with the first book yeah uh, by i think march 15th will be our um our final part to this first book and uh, i'm actually posting over on patreon just a, a it's kind of a reading schedule slash episode guide uh for folks and you can go uh, click on that and see which dates we're going to be posting so the first of every month and then also the 15th and uh, that also, so we post those in the main feed. We will also be posting on those same days, the first and the fifteenth, on our Patreon series uh, there as well too. So yeah, so it's it's great. It's just it's just absolutely great. So yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's move on over to a hero's welcome. You know, yeah. as how you doing, man? 
Dude, I, I'm doing well, and uh, this has been um, – we spent probably, gosh, I don't know, an hour or two hours, you know, just mm-hmm. pouring over this doc and talking about Wheel of Time and, and getting ready. Uh, it's it's just – it's fantastic. You know, one of my favorite things to do, and I, I almost did this yesterday. Um, so I'm from Columbus. Uh, for those of you who are – you know, we've got listeners for, coming from other projects and people who are, who are coming in here new. Uh, Columbus, Ohio. And we have about, I don't know, like five or six – half price bookstores and i love to just go do a tour and just go around and see what you can find and it's amazing dude i've been i found that's where i found most of my hardcover um you know wheel of time series books because they're right you know now i don't know if you know this like the the new um covers are coming out now so so books one two and three you actually if you want to get like a paperback uh version of that i even went to the store my local bookstore here and i tried to order um, just the paperback version, and they said, "Well, if we order it new now, we we can only get the new, you know, kind of covers." And I'm like, "Wait, I want the old style, I want the that that awesome artwork that's on the those covers." So I ended up having to go uh, find, you know, bookstores that still had them on the shelf. Uh, they're going to sell what they have, but any new inventory that they buy, they're they're buying these, you know, newer covers, which also look pretty cool. And if you're if you're mm-hmm. just getting into it, I think it's a fair that's that's a fair way to go. But man, I tell you what, I. Uh, it's so that was recently what I've been up to. I've just been on the weekend driving around trying to find more of those. Something else I'm looking for, by the way, there's like a role playing um, game or version uh, of of uh, Wheel of Time, which I didn't know about. I uh, in my research, I was looking up. I found some cards, a card deck at a okay. Yeah, I, I found one at a half price bookstore, and I was like, "What is this?" And I started doing some more work, and then. Um, in conversations, we've been talking to um, Ariel Burgess, the sort of the the big um, uh, the official kind of uh, Wheel of Time illustrator, uh, which which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. So she's been, you know, we've been talking with her. We got a secret little special something we're working on with her, but she did a lot of those illustrations for that stuff. Yes, and yes, yes. I was shocked. I it was just super cool to kind of get into it. Uh, and and learn about these different things. And you remember, it was almost like a year ago. Uh, maybe it's been longer than that. I was looking at um, what is it called? It's it's jo- uh, the Robert Jordan Con. Remember, I was talking about that. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. You were right. I said like there was. It was just it kind of it was uh, it was funny to me that some of these guys. Um, oh, let's see, Robert Jordan Con. Let me see if it's if that's what it's. I think it's called Jordan Con. Yeah, okay. Um, so and and just it's funny what when you get into research and you start talking to different people what they can kind of lead you into because um, this whole book club and covering this series uh, has me you know going to half price books looking for those things collecting hard copy or, or hardcover editions as well as looking at Jordan Con and saying well I think it's another con we got to throw on the list of of ones absolutely. we go to <laughs> yeah absolutely so, you know I don't know it's just it looks like there's one coming up here in April actually. Uh, so right after we finish the first book, so I'm, I'm afraid to take Sir Matt there though because I don't want uh, too much spoiled. It'll for be him. spoiled. Yeah, it'll, you it'll know, be. You can't, can't trust those guys down there. <laughs> so, um, but man, I've been good. I'm, I'm like just super stoked. I'm ready to go for the new year, and um, we've just been making all sorts of gains, just trying to really, I don't know, be better people, be, be uh, just immersed in our content and. I don't know, man. Just just get the most out of life that we can. You know, twenty twenty, we're seeing clear. Okay, now yes, maybe my maybe my LASIK had something to do with that as well, <laughs> <laughs> but we're seeing clear. So, but um, 
How have you been, man? How's it going out there in, in Portland? I'm good, man. You know, again, hey, we're just we're just cranking out content here with uh, you know our, our other this and our other shows as well, and it's just it's just good, man. It's just good to be like, oh, just all right. I'm gonna spend you know the, this whole day in 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 the my makeshift studio I have here. Yeah, and my yeah. office is just good. So, um, yeah, loving all of the new fandoms. Um, obviously, you know, we do some other podcasts. Um, a lot of St- Star Wars is now with yeah. Rise of Skywalker and the Mandalorian uh, winding down. Um, it's like, all right, boom. So now that kind of frees up a little bit. Um, you know, I don't think we're going to get really any Game of Thrones news until probably Comic-Con with that, that new show mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's like, all right, so now this is kind of my first... I don't want to say like it's my number one podcast that I'm I'm, I'm focusing on, but it's certainly like this one is going to be where I, the bulk of my yeah. research and stuff like that is going to shift over to here a little bit with those um, kind of went, uh, you know winding down. Yeah, which I think is pretty cool. The way the the fandoms that we picked and the way we've looked at this, like it is nice that you know one will be peaking at this time and then one, then you got something else peaking over here right. later on. So um, that is helpful. And I tell you what, I the amount of uh, digging you did into these books this this book uh today for some of the passages you mm-hmm. wanted to read and stuff i'm like let's go sir matt yeah. is in there getting after it and it's just it's it's awesome man it, it I, I love talking to you after you've read something too because you're just like um well one wanting to know more but then two just like it's it's awesome it's epic and you're just like following this character right and you're you're watching these these all of these characters actually from the two rivers just develop and grow. And it's, it's such a epic hero journey. It's, I don't know, man. It's mm-hmm. yeah. And so sick. far I've only read, I've only read to chapter 17. So there's probably going to be an episode or episode two where I'm um, just, I'm either caught up to where we're at or I'm just what, what as just the way as, and I record the next segment um, ahead. But yeah, I mean, so, so far, I mean, even going back, and I, I've I've gone back over this a couple of times. I've I've done the I've done the reading twice, um, and you know, every time you go back, you just find something new, find something new, find something new, and it yeah. all just seems more and more and more important. So I can tell that this is going to be a series that there are lines in this first book that will become important in the fourth, fifth, you know, yep. like as right. as as we progress down, just because as I did this first segment then I then I moved on to the second segment which is chapter to, to chapter 17 and came back and, and to do this to get ready for this episode I was like well that ties in there and that ties in there and that's only that we're on, I'm not even halfway through the first book yet so right I know man it's it's uh it's really cool it's just a lot of fun um going through and, and it's it's funny too because the things that you bring up I'm like dang that is like because I kind of knowing what happens I sort of sometimes will gloss over bits of, of foreshadowing that take place. I'm like, no, that's mm-hmm. actually really cool to hone in on. So I can't wait for you to talk about your segment today. Um, just in, in, you know, we'll get to it, Rand, and and uh, how significant he is. But um, before we get there, so that's our hero's welcome, just getting kind of kind of caught up. And we're going to go over these segments with you guys just so you kind of get used to the format of the show. Um, so then from there, we move into Village Council. And we've said this, we said this last time, you know, we're... There is a women's circle, okay? It's out there. Um, we're, we're not a part of it. Uh, <laughs> we're not allowed to know what, what goes on there. But here in the Village Council, we discuss uh, mm-hmm. various things. And I put the show news in there because I wanted this yeah. more to but be But that's about... not saying that we won't have some women on, on here oh. and they can discuss what's going on in the women's circle. I, so I, hope, just, I, I hope we're so. Men and th- we're men and that's what it seems like the rules are. So Th- they're right. We, yeah, <laughs> we're bound to the rules. We don't, we don't know. You know, Tell us what to do. Um, 
then actually what's, what's kind of cool is we really do plan on having some of our listeners on. Absolutely. It's kind of a staple for, for you and I, like when uh, over with Bend the Knee, we love to have Raven's Nest and have different individuals on. And I actually think we have, if you guys do check out our Patreon reward tiers there, especially if you're a Taviran uh, or or higher, there's definitely a, a high likelihood that you could be on the spoiler episode um, or just even do some village council with us. So mm-hmm. that would be a lot of fun if you decide to do that. Um, but moving into that, I mean, one of the things I wanted to talk about here, um, as we transition into from uh, a hero's welcome and then into the, um, the village council and talk about show news, there's a lot going on with that. And I actually would love for folks, if you're interested in sending us just um, an email or something or updates, or if you guys are, are, are following um, the Twitter, let me go up here to their Twitter real quick. Um, so the Wheel of Time on Prime is where they're kind of mm-hmm. communicating with us just about updates on the show. And um, Rafe Judkins is is uh, kind of giving people – they started this whole, you know, um, hashtag Twitter of time, which was hysterical. People picked characters and had a blast with that. But then uh, Wheel of Time uh, Wednesday is, is a big thing. They used to drop information on Wednesdays about, you know, casting and different things. They dropped a couple – uh, like promo reels of the writers and and a first read through. I think we got like a kind of the reaction of of the cast reading the first episode. I think uh, is is what that was. Mm-hmm. And we've got so tons of different um, casting announcements there. And but now they've said they're going to release stuff just sort of at random or whenever things come up or whenever they're available to. They're not going to wait till just when Wednesdays. Um, they're going to start posting updates and photos. Uh, on any given day of the week. So make sure you're following um, there. I, we also retweet a lot of um, what they are, you know, um, saying over on our Twitter as well. So the Horn of Valir, you can check that out there. But yeah, man, it's exciting. And it's it's kind of uh, crazy to see how, how much they've, they've progressed. And you know, here's an interesting thing. I also cover a, um, like the Lord of the Rings on, on Prime as well with my buddy Lane. Um, on an unexpected podcast, and did you know, Sir Matt, that um, they're kind of doing this thing where they might be filming like the first couple episodes, and then seeing how that goes, and 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 uh, it's almost like they're writing season two at the same time, or it's already like pre-written. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's pre-written, and then and then they're kind of weaving some of that into the first um, season. So they're doing that for, for oh, okay. Lord of the Rings, and I think it would be interesting if they did it for Wheel of Time, just because, like, you're trying to make sure. I, I, what it is, I think they're planning for success. I think you you believe the first season's going to land, it's going to do well. But you know how a good TV show has sort of like little nuggets or, or things that like you laid a foundation for some character twist or some character development, and I mm-hmm. think they're really looking into that. And I'm I'm it, it just makes me feel I think better about like Prime doing this TV show and having you know the rights to this series. So yeah, absolutely yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's good. I mean, it's Amazon, and Amazon is pushing Prime hard. I mean, they are really trying to compete. They've got a, they've already got a handful of shows. Um, you know, the Jack Ryan is is big. They've got um, you know, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. They've got uh, I think Man in the High Castle was theirs as well. Um, I don't really watch a lot of Prime, so I'm not super familiar with it because again, they're it's, a, it's it certainly seems smaller than Netflix and even Disney Plus. Yeah. Um. But they're constantly building and they're pushing more and more money into it. So I imagine that this that this is going to be their 
hey, this is what we want to be our like Game of Thrones, right? I mean, the Netflix came out mm-hmm. with The Witcher. That's kind of their response to to that. So I think that's where we're going to be looking at here with with Amazon. Yeah, it, it's 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 neat that they're pushing these these uh, fantasy series the way that they are, and they got two good ones. I mean, having Lord of the Rings and then having Wheel of Time, mm-hmm. like, dude, they're really you know, I mean, it's, that probably cost them a pretty penny, but. I'm all for it. Throw everything in there and, and go crazy. And and it looks like um, just the showrunner um, and, and some of the writers have been super uh, just enthusiastic about the series. And so that makes you feel good, you know, um, just because, I don't know, it, like you, you almost want, not saying you want fan service, but you definitely want somebody who's, who is a fan and who's absolutely somewhat immersed in, in, yeah. in in what has gone on in the series and what some of the Reddit discussions have been and, and some of the viral stuff that's taken place just in its, its evolution and, 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 and things. So, um, mm. yeah, I don't know. Real, real excited for, for that. So well, I'm not going to go over any, I think maybe, um, the 15th, we'll go over some names and stuff. Some of these, some of these characters are these, um, actors i don't know some of them i i've never you know seen in anything and i i'm just unfamiliar with and so i'm kind of excited to see who they are uh and i think that's also a good thing don't you that maybe they're unfamiliar uh, to oh us? absolutely i mean a lot of these characters that were in game of thrones you go back to season one of game of thrones i don't know who some of these people are you look at stranger right. things i didn't you know i didn't know who some of these people are with that with the exception of like winona Ryder. um yep. but i i think that's that's always I, that seems to end up working out pretty well is you're going to be building these people into into stars and then you can you don't necessarily um you know some people have told us with star wars they they didn't like that they had they brought in big actors right and so they always yep. found samuel l jackson in star wars kind of off you know offsetting or uh, you know kind of just it didn't feel right sure um and so i you know it, it goes both ways sometimes you're like oh this person's gonna be in it i think it's gonna be great but if it's kind of you view a series as kind of a series then sometimes all you see is is this character as that person rather than that character yep yep exactly so i guess yeah yeah like you're you're right i mean i was thinking too like sophie turner and some of these other um mm-hmm. Maisie Williams and, and people who we didn't know before, but now, I mean, everyone would recognize them and know who they are because that absolutely huge. I, I want I want this series to be as big. I want it to be that sort of, you know, where, where people go in to work on Monday and they talk at the water cooler about what happened and what do you think is happening? What do you think is, is going to take place moving forward? Because, you know, one of the things with Game of Thrones, not a lot of people went in. I mean, now that it's over, I think people are going back in and reading the books, uh, mm-hmm. which is which is cool. But with this series, I don't know that that a lot of people will have read the series before they, although it's been around for a while, um, you know, I, I don't know they'll go into it and have have the knowledge of what what happens in the series. There's gonna be tons of surprises mm-hmm. and stuff, so mm-hmm. that that could be interesting. And that's also the thing too with a series. Now, Game of Thrones is being different because the series is not finished. This series is finished. You could go look up the spoilers and 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 pick a character, and you could just research and figure out but that doesn't but that doesn't mean that they're going to go that way and i don't think they're yeah the other the other interesting thing with this is that because this is so large you know um you're going to have to skip a ton of content i mean it's just not feasible so that changes the story that changes the story because you may have some things happen early some things happen later some things not happen at all um maybe one character does something that was supposed to be another character in a book 
or you know in the book it's it's a different character performing that task or, or whatever it is and so that it changes it it doesn't it's not all going to go exactly the same yeah um there are elements too in the series that i wonder with the shift in culture in our society if they might make some changes to some of the stuff and i don't want to you know go into all of it but i think people who have read the series will maybe know what i'm talking about there there are elements mm-hmm. to it that they might say you know what let's go a different route and they actually have his wife um, you know, still on and uh, available to kind of say, what do you think about this and run some of these changes through her? I don't know, because, you know, when you write stuff, I, th- times change, things, things change. I don't know, like they, they might just do it. And I'm, I'm not talking like major, um, you know, plot uh, changes or whatever, but uh, just just subtle little things or or what have you, I, I think mm-hmm. would be interesting. I was, I'm also interested to see what like what's it going to be rated? I mean, is because you and I were talking before we started this that it seems to be written at a at a level that is sort of like almost young adult, but also right. maybe adult kind of on the borderline there. Uh, whereas Game of Thrones is, is a little bit more sophisticated. Right. I, I think just in writing style, people are going to get like all like, what? <laughs> but like, you know, it, it's just a, a little bit more difficult to cut, to kind of follow. Yes. Yeah, cer- yes. Yeah, certain. Certainly in 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 my in comparing this to Game of Thrones, just because that's the other big fantasy um, book series that I've written that I've read recently, um, certainly just with this first book, it, is it seems and not like in a bad way. I'm not saying oh, it's for, it's like a younger audience. It's just it's not nearly as as thick. Um, yeah, there's differences in in the writing styles, but it certainly seems like I feel like somebody uh, with a not. Uh, it, it's an easier read. I'll just say that. Yeah, that's and that's 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 fine because it there are there are definitely elements of this that are not yeah uh, uh, kids. It's not a it's not a kids book. It's not a kids series. I would say no. It's uh, it's not. But yeah. But but it's also a little bit more straightforward. We even said maybe and I just I'm speaking again to the whole. Well, I'll just speak to the first um, couple books here. Um, in, in that it, the the way it follows the way it tracks. The, the way the plot kind of progresses, you stick with a, a main band of, of characters for a while, and you're not really bouncing all over different continents. Now, later on, some crazy stuff like that might take place, but uh, at least in the, in the, in the beginning here, um, it seems a little bit more kind of straightforward. Like, we're not, you know, jumping from the north down to King's Landing back over to Essos, mm-hmm. which we do in the first book of A Game of Thrones. And this, we really stick, we learn about new territory and new regions as our characters get there, and I think that's pretty cool. Uh, it helps you kind of, it kind of speeds up the world building and just acquiring, you know, um, makes makes better sense, I guess, of of the land, the continent that we're in, and this world. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, absolutely. Oh gosh, okay. Um, <laughs> and we're gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to remind myself not to be as long winded on. On just every little freaking detail here too as we go forward. But um, before we leave the village council, a couple of things we wanted to mention here. First of all, a uh, huge shout out to just some of our patrons. We've got a handful of patrons already, and I'm actually oh I know super it's, shocked was, by you, that. When you said that, I was like, uh, what? Yeah. Uh, and, so we love you guys. I mean, you know, absolutely. So that's that's huge. I just I, I couldn't believe that. It was it's awesome. Um, we do post over on our our Patreon page. It's not just a place where you can come and get like the exclusive stuff. There is free stuff there. We always have a poll um, for each after each episode, uh, and we have a discussion thread. 
So, you know, we've got like, and it's just early on, so we don't really have, you know, a whole lot um, on those, but we will, we're hoping anyways. Uh, it's a place where if you want to comment, you know, right on the show and um, that's a place where you can go sign up in there and, and for free, go in there, leave us a big comment about what you thought on the first nine chapters. Um, even the prologue, even as we kind of progress, if you pick up later and we're in book two already, I mean, it's, it's, we get updates, we get notifications when people post on those threads. And so that's kind of cool. We can go back and look and say like, oh, wow, somebody's making a connection that we're something, they're making a connection to something that we are talking about right now. Uh, it might be mm-hmm. later in the series. So, um, just kind of a, a cool little element you guys can look into. And there's also exclusive merch over there. Okay. And there's mm-hmm. also some cool stuff. Um, with an artist who we came across to is a pretty big deal in the wheel of time community and um, some major surprises coming down the line there. So be sure to check that out. There's, there's tons of cool stuff there and we have our extended edition series, um, which we record right after the main show. And then we also have um, sort of our wheel of time history series that we're doing and maybe a spoiler series. Who knows? There'll be tons of stuff over there. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) Oh man, dude! All right, I get so worked up during these episodes. Um, so what do we got here? So we're so we're now we're are we ready? Are we are we ready? To I think we in? are, man. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. So so here we go. We're 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 uh, hopping into uh, the the read the main portion of the show here, and it's kind of neat. I actually like um, how we've designed Broken this because yeah, because it's different than what we've done in our other projects, and it mm-hmm. also it's it's well it's different because you know sir matt this is a you know this is your first read and and so we're trying to figure out like what what really are you being drawn to and that's what i Mm -hmm. I loved about this is that you were being drawn to certain you know quotes and different passages that you were like dude this is important i don't know what Mm -hmm. it it really may mean but it it seems important to me and i think that's what a lot of first readers will catch so uh, we'll we'll dive in here too. So we've got this divided up into almost like three segments, and it might be two, mm-hmm. could be three, could be four, uh, depending. Just on it what just we de- have. it just depends on the reading. Yeah. So initially, um, you know, so last time we did the prologue, right? So that's where Luce Theron realizes he's killed his family. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> then he draws on he draws on the, on the power. Um, he raises Dragon Mount. Uh, you know, and and kind of teleports himself away. So this time we are doing chapters one through chapters nine so we're gonna read a very brief um, description of each of the uh chapters just so we can kind of broadly do a summary so um chapter one rand and tam althor transport apple brandy to edmund's field for beltine A a suspicious stranger watches rand in the village they learn of other strangers chapter two matt and rand meet moraine and lan chapter three uh, Padon Fane tells of a false dragon in Giladon. Egwene tells Rand she wants to be a wisdom. Chapter 4, Tom demonstrates some skill, and Tam and Rand return home. Chapter 5, I think this is like the, the where yeah. it really it really picks up here um, and where we're going to be focusing quite a bit of our, ta- of our discussion today. Trollocs attack Tam and Rand's home. Chapter 6, Rand takes a feverish Tam through the woods and learns that he was found on a mountain... Uh, after the Aeol War. Chapter 7, it is discovered that Moraine is an Aes Sedai who helped defend the town. Chapter 8, Moraine heals Tom and tells Rand that he, Matt, and Perrin were the target of the attack and must leave the village. Chapter 9, Moraine tells the villagers about... uh, Menetherin. Menetherin, yeah, excuse me, yeah, sorry. 
Um, so, okay, so we have, so we're, what we're going to do today is we have essentially three kind of big talking points, three segments we're going to be kind of discussing. Um, so part one is going to be our main cast. Like who, who are the characters we meet a little bit about each and each and every one of them, um, that we learn about in these, in these chapters. And we're going to be discussing kind of broadly all of the chapters. Then chapter two, which I would say is the meat and potatoes of this episode, something special about Rand. I have quite a bit of, of, of quotes pulled up from the, from the chapters. And I give, I have the pages that they're on as well. Um, and then uh, part three, um, uh, the, we're going to discuss a little bit about the dream world, the dark one and the dragon. And this is going to be um, I would say it's kind of kind of heavily focused, if you will, really on chapter nine. Um, yeah. That's where Ran, yeah. Rand's, Rand's dream uh, and then a little bit about Trollocs, Fades and the dragon. And then um, we will uh, also do um, a, a it's really kind of a part four to this, which is that kind of more in depth about something. And we'll do this every, every episode. And that's going to be over on our Patreon, just another kind of like deeper dive. Yeah. If there's like something specific that people, people kind of want. Um, so yeah, should we, should we jump into, into part one here? Yeah. yeah. So dude, I, I was kind of laughing there just cause I'm sitting back here thinking like listening to Sir Matt, just talk about all this stuff. And the fact that we're here, I mean, we, we've been making, I don't know. Like, like you said this before, your, your brothers, um, our friends. I mean, we've we've known. Uh, like, Wheel of Time has been in my life for a long time. I, I I love just that I was recommended to me, and I went on this epic adventure and journey. And so I'm just I just get kind of giddy over here because I these are these are like my friends. This is the main cast. Mm-hmm. You know, these are people who I I know, and, and and like it's it's funny because they're they're relatable characters. Um, for example, so we have Rand, Perrin, and and Matt, uh, are our main three you know guys that we kind of follow. Um, our main uh, women here we have Egwene, Nynaeve, uh, Moraine, uh, Lan, and Tom. Um, we even threw in here you know Tam Althor because we got to talk about him now because um, you know just because. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and and like that will will the cast will grow. You know, uh, and there will be other characters as they kind of split. You know, they will gather people around them, which is interesting and and pretty awesome. But these are our main characters, and they they feel like friends. Like I I literally know I I have a, I have a buddy who I could say you know is a little bit like Perrin, and I have a buddy you know who I'm speaking with who is a little bit like Matt. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of funny. It's kind of funny how that works out, and you kind of know who these these individuals are. And so to to start this all off, I mean, in in chapter one, we read sort of in our teaser episode, just this awesome first paragraph where uh, the wheel of time turns and the ages come and pass, leaving memories that become legend. Uh, Mm -hmm. What I really wanted to focus on here is, and, and, and people will know this, this happens at the beginning of a couple different books, if not most of them, I have to go check. There's always a reference to wind. And, you know, we you read from the prophecies at the end of our prologue episode that we want the dragon to ride again on the winds of time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's interesting in this first little bit that the wind was not the beginning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time, but it was a beginning. Um, and it, so it actually describes the wind there for a little bit. And it talks about how it, you know, it eventually leads right into gusting that plastered Rand Althora's cloak 
um, that plastered it to his back and it whipped the earth colored wool around his legs. So mm. it describes this wind. And I just want to point that out for, for some of the people who have read the series before, because you'll know um, that that's important. It's, a, it's sort mm. of a, a motif or a theme that Robert Jordan kind of weaves into uh, his, his writing. The, the wind is almost a character, you know? Mm hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually, if you, if it was okay, I kind of wanted to read uh, just some of that, some of that passage. Yeah. Uh, and we are going to have a, a few kind of lengthy passages here. Um, the wheel of times turns, and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become legend. Legend fades to myth, and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gives it birth comes again. In one age, called the third age by some, an age yet to come, and an age long past, the wind rose in the mountains of mist. The wind was not the beginning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time, but it was a beginning. Born below the ever cloud capped peaks that gave the mountains their name, the wind blew east out across the sand hills, once the shore of a great ocean before the breaking of the world. Down it flailed into the two rivers, into the tangled forest called the Westwood, and beat it to men walking with their cart and horse drawn or horse down the rock-strewn track called the Quarry Road. For all that spring should have come a great month, a good month since, the wind carried an icy chill as if it would rather bear snow. Gusts plastered Randall Thor's cloak to his back, whipped the earth-colored wool around his legs, then it uh, streamed out behind him. He wished his coat were heavier or that he had worn an extra shirt. Half the time when he tried to tug the cloak back around him, it caught on the quiver swinging at his hips. Trying to hold the cloak one-handed did not do much good anyway. He had his bow in the other, an arrow knocked and ready to draw. As a particularly strong blast tugged the cloak out of his hand, he glanced at his father over the back of the shaggy brown mare. He felt a little foolish about wanting to reassure himself that Tam was still there, but it was that kind of a day. The wind howled when it rose, but aside from that, quiet lay heavy on the land. The soft creak of the axe sounded loud by comparison. No birds sang in the forest. No squirrels uh, chittered from a branch. Not that he expected them. Really not this spring. Yeah. Um, and, it, it, you know, it, it, there's, there's, a, there's a soft wind rumbling. But mm. other than that, everything seems Come pretty on. normal. Yep, but that is anything <laughs> but the case, and I, that's what I really love about this this first chapter here is um, when they kind of notice a writer, and so I mean that's what that's what happens in in stories, right? You you, yeah. you take you take what would norm what would be an ordinary day, and then something happens in it that is anything but ordinary. Yeah, yeah. and that is how great stories begin is something out of the ordinary happens um, a catalyst if you will that causes yep. a, a character to shift into something special right I mean plenty other plenty of other other stories you know Star Wars Luke Skywalker has his yeah. average day working in the fields and then one day uh, he finds these two droids with a secret message and then Come his, on. Yep. his family is killed sending him off on this great you know, journey. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Harry Potter, right. He one day suddenly gets a, le a letter and then more and more and more and more letters. And so his life um, changes. And so I think it's just great here that very similarly, we have uh, Rand Al Thor, who everything seems to be normal. And then all of a sudden they notice something extremely out of the ordinary, uh, a black writer. And that changes his fate forever. 
Yeah, it, here's something that I, I have to, because, and, and you know this, uh, Sir Matt, you know, I, I, I love Lord of the Rings, and I know you do too, and, and we've we've read it, we love the movies. Um, mm-hmm. at, you're making parallels to Star Wars, that's a great one. You know, Luke just kind of like, up and here we go, um, Harry Potter. I mean, Lord of the Rings, Robert Jordan loved, exactly. and he grew up on Lord of the Rings, and you, I mean, you can see it right here already, a black writer... You know, a dark writer. I mean, mm-hmm. geez, holy cow, that's ex- exactly what Frodo and everybody's dealing with. Like a black writer shows up. Really, to mm-hmm. start it off, and you already know this, Moraine is is here in, we're going to get to this in a second, Is it, she's in the two rivers. Well, Gandalf shows up in the freaking Shire. So you have a well, wizard-like character in both up. In both Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. The Hobbit, yes. I mean, Bilbo Baggins lives a very normal life until one day Gandalf and all these dwarves show up. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. the, I, I think that's great. And, and it, see, the, the crazy thing is, is you can say, well, this has been done before. It, but it's done in such – it's the way he does it. It's new. It's also new. And he has his own twist and spin on this. And I think he's just right. paying such tribute to one of his favorite fantasy series. And he just takes it in such a – I don't know. It, 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 there's so many cool little nods to other uh, – to, to that series. But at the same time – this is his own world. Some mm-hmm. of the stuff he comes up with is well. I mean, crazy. that's how. But that's how stories and theater work. Is you you take an ordinary day and then something happens out of the ordinary. Yeah. You don't you don't tell people stories about ordinary days because no one cares. Yeah. Um, it's it's everybody's journey begins because something out of the ordinary happens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and here's something too. Just so many different things. So. The, the wind is moving, right, and you can kind of hear it howling and stuff, but it's there's no bird singing. There's a silence that they, he says sort of the, the, the movement or the sound of the axle, you know, it sounded loud by comparison. Maybe typically it would not going down the quarry road, but it does sound loud now. Uh, it's just strange, even though there's this loud wind, but there's nothing else, and mm-hmm. it's just them and the creaking of their of their cart as they go down the road, and then he starts to kind of look around. You get that feeling like you're being watched, like you're being mm-hmm. followed. And that's what he gets here. And he starts to almost feel kind of like ashamed, like, well, you know, maybe it was nothing. Maybe I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're with your dad. You're trying to be, I don't know. Um, you, 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 these kids are growing up too. So this is this is a time where they've, they've grown up there. They're supposed to be, he wants to emulate and be more like his father and his father doesn't mm-hmm. seem concerned by it. So why should he, why is he concerned? Is he just jumping at shadows? Um, mm-hmm. Or is there really something in the shadow here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right. So I'm glad, okay. So I'm glad, I'm glad we got that, that opening part here. Cause it's, it's the setup to our story. So um, again, so let's, since we're covering such a large topic, we're, um, we can't go chapter. We just unfortunately don't have the time to go chapter by chapter. So I think, um, we'll kind of go down kind of the main cast here, um, and we've already provided the, sum- the summary of, of the chapters we're reading. Yeah. Um, so we'll start with Rand, but I think Rand we can kind of breeze through just a little bit since we're going to spend uh, the second biggest portion of, of the show talking about Rand and, and what makes him special or certainly what alludes to him um, being special or, or something about him. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about some of these other characters here as we as we kind of set up our set up yeah. our world here. So well. I just want to mention too, like so. The the interesting thing we start off, we we enter, we are introduced in the prologue first of all to Luce Theron, and that's pretty cool. We're like, what mm-hmm. is that? How does that fit in? Um, but when you get to the main series here, and you're now in present time, air quote, um, what, the first character we are introduced to is is Randall Thor. He is our mm-hmm. main character. Yes. Um, 
these other characters are also main characters, though, because but he's just introduced to first. And so as you kind of prioritize or you sort of see, you know, who who is who we're supposed to focus in on, we have Rand and then he uh, will meet Matt. So to mm-hmm. we're just going to bounce right off of Rand because Rand is is already um, we'll talk about his description later on and, and his his physical characteristics as well as like, I mean, golly, like Robert Jordan talks about their accents and like their accent sort of, you know, it sounded like a Two Rivers man, you know, he sounded mm-hmm. like he's from the Two Rivers, but he doesn't look like it. So that's something uh, you need to kind of know about Rand Althor. Um, and we'll get to that later. But yeah, so so Matt, uh, Matram Cawthon is is his good friend who when they get to um, Emmon, you know, when they're in Emmons Field and they're they're there near the Wine Spring End, he he runs into into Matt and his and they're getting ready for Beltine. We might as well say that you know they're mm-hmm. getting ready for this big festival that they typically have. They're all excited, right? Um, but Matt is he's a mischievous character. He is. You can tell right from the get go that uh, Matt from Coffin is a uh, he, he's going to be a troublemaker. Yeah. Right. I mean, he. You know, we we we. They're talking. They're talking about you know. Um, you know some some pranks that they've been pulling and 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 stuff like that and stealing you know perhaps stealing some pie and and, and stuff uh-huh. and, and stuff like that. So you can just tell as we as we go through forward throughout these stories that that Matt it's is because you know Matt Rand and Perrin are all really good friends, um, as well as Egwene there, um, as well. But but certainly um, you know Matt Perrin and and uh, and Rand are all are all all good buddies and they're all kind of. I mean, they're all young boys, but certainly Matt, I would say, is the most kind of troublemaking out of the out of the bunch. Yeah, right. And so so here I get a little just a, uh, something here from the first chapter. Um, a quick tug at Rand's sleeve and a voice pitched low for his ear alone distracted him from the older men's talk. Come on, Rand, while they're arguing before they put you to work. So <laughs> they're they're actually, you know, Tam is being. Uh, approached by the village council members and really he's supposed to be taking the apple brandy inside to the wine spring in for you know um for the mayor and mm-hmm. and matt doesn't want you know get out of here before he makes you you know let's go play let's go hang out let's go talk i mean before you, you have to kind of uh, do some work or whatever he's trying mm-hmm. to get rand out of doing something and it's like rand knows his these guys stay his dad wants him to put that to help he's got to help his dad and you know so he's, Matt's the guy who's pulling you away from the task that you're supposed to be kind of completing. And, and he's like, let's go on this cool side quest. You know, it's like, well, I got a job here. I'm supposed to be doing, you know, mm-hmm. this or whatever. It's just that's who he is, right? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then to kind of counteract that, you have Perrin, right? Yep. And Perrin's kind of a he's, a, he's a kind of a bigger, stockier kind of guy. Um, and he, I would say, is almost like the opposite of 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 Matt and he seems a little more kind of not like nervous he's not really like the nervous type but he's certainly a little more reserved he's not the uh, not nearly the troublemaker that Matt is yeah yeah for sure and here here's just a quick description on him so um he actually shows up let's see uh Rand and Matt edged into the crowd getting as close as they could so this is when the peddler kind of shows up mm-hmm. Um, Rand would have stopped halfway, but Matt wriggled through the press, pulling Rand behind him until they were right behind the council. So you can see Rand would have stopped, you know, back where like a decent spot. But Matt's like, "Now nah, we got to push on. Come on, buddy, let's go. Let's right. <laughs> we're getting right, to the right, front right. of this." Um, and then here, here we get um, Perrin stepping in. So I, I had been thinking you were going to stay 
uh, out on the farm through the whole festival, Paranabara shouted at Rand over the clamor. Half a head shorter than Rand, the curly-haired blacksmith's appearance was so stocky as to seem a man and a, ha- a, man and a half wide, uh, with arms and shoulders thick enough to rival those of, of Master Luhan himself. Uh, he could easily have pushed through the throng, uh, but that was not his way. So right there, a little bit of like he could have easily mm-hmm. muscled his way yep. through, but that's not who he is. Uh, he picked his path carefully, offering apologies to people who uh, had only a half a mind to notice anything but the peddler. He had um, he made the apologies anyways, or anyway, and tried to jostle anyone. Um, tried not to jostle anyone as he worked through the crowd to Rand and Matt. Imagine it, he said when he finally reached them. Bell time and a peddler, both together. Uh, I bet there really are fireworks. So yeah. he's just a good-hearted, you know, guy, and and he's he's I can see him, you know, can't you see him kind of tip? He's a big dude, super muscular, but he's like so worried about bumping into people, like oh, excuse me, he's like you know, let me mm-hmm. get through here real quick. I'm just trying to get to my friends. Whereas right. Matt was just bulldozing his way into this crowd. Right. Like, come on, let's go, Rand, let's go. Well, and yeah, and um, and just doing and just doing a little bit, not super far ahead but just a little bit of research of uh of parent it seems like he he does it because he's just he's just a more cautious guy right he's yeah. just yeah he's just he's just a little he's a little more cautious because he knows he's so big and so i think because of that some people will view, will view him as kind of um clumsy right or, or like kind of dim-witted um because he's just yeah. he's a little more reserved well and oftentimes he is slow to speak and i actually really like that about him um, he, he, you know, just because you're the first person to speak up, somebody asks for a suggestion or they need a, you know, hey, what should we do here? Just because you're the first person to say something doesn't mean you're the wisest or you're the smartest or that it's even the best plan. And mm-hmm. I thought it was it, it's genius that he has a character like this who's like, you know what, I'm not. He's not slow. He's just thorough. He likes to sit and think and wait, and and really have a good plan moving forward. Whereas you see. Some individuals in the series who are rash and who move forward quickly, uh, it doesn't always end well for them. Although there is a time for that, and that's sort of where you have Rand being the balance between, mm-hmm. you know, Matt and Perrin. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Actually. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, next we have Egwene uh, Alvier, and I really like Egwene. Um, I got to say, I to me, she's actually uh, the character who I think I'm kind of. Uh, drawn to actually as one I think she's she's really like the the so far I think not my favorite I mean because I just like Rand because he's the main yeah, yeah, character yeah. so it's going to be hard and I think I think going forward um, I will really start to come to like Matt um, yeah just because you know we share the same name so that's great yeah yeah um, but Egwene I, I think I think the, the thing about her is you know she is certainly the most I would say ambitious character um, in that she really wants to become uh, a wisdom. She really, really wants to kind of become something bigger and better for herself, which I think is really, really interesting and and, re- and really cool. Yeah, it it's, it just cracks me up to hear you. <laughs> it just I, like knowing, and I, I hope other people are, are getting this too. Like, I really want you to be honest too about these characters because it, it's it's so crazy. After thirteen books, you know, or so. Uh, it's crazy where we end up with these characters, mm-hmm. and I, I cannot help but to think about that because I know some of what will happen between all of these characters, and it's like, dang, I cannot wait to see if that if if that sticks. You know, exactly. Or yeah. If, well, it's it's cer- it's certainly up for a change. I mean, I'm only 17 chapters in, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I just mean like it, it's it's fascinating to me to to even think about that because I didn't expect you to say that about Egwene. 
you know, and the reason I think I think that is because I know more about her. But I also, you know, um, there, there's other characters who I don't know. I'm interested to see what you think about Egwene and Nynaeve because mm-hmm. they're they're similar um, in that you know yeah. you said she's aspiring to be a wisdom and Nynaeve Almera is our wisdom right now. She's very young. Mm-hmm. Very young mm-hmm. wisdom. Yeah, and, but I mean, unfortunately, I don't think we just don't. I don't have enough on her yet, because uh, you know, only being seventeen chapters in, only to know other than Nynaeve is just a very young wisdom, and that yeah. seems to be somewhat of an issue. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, some yeah. Pe- some yeah. people take issue with it that the fact that she is so young, and that, and some people don't like that. But again, I think I think that's what I like about Egwene is that she's she can look to Nynaeve and say, "Well, look, she's a wisdom. I could be a wisdom." You know, there's why couldn't I start my training to become a wisdom right now? And she does. Yeah, right. um, you know, we see we see that um, it's actually one of the, I think it's really cool, um, y- you know, because there's clearly this sort of I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily romantic or just the fact that they're they're all young and yeah. ran certainly ran certainly is attracted to Egwene. I mean, he, you know, he's, he kind of, he kind of, you know, loses speed. He, they say like, oh, oh, you know, Matt and those guys say, well, you know, you're just going to go stand at, stare at Egwene again and, right. and yeah, all yeah. this. Guy. And there is, there's certainly something, there's certainly something there, um, whether that flushes out or not. I mean, we'll, we'll see, but certainly there's, there's something there, but I, I, I really like um, when after the Trollocs attack mm-hmm. and Rand, that's who he sees first. Is he? He runs into he runs into Egwene when they're when Egwene and Nynaeve are tending to people, yeah. Um, and and it says you know he he looks at her and her face is covered in soot, but her hands are perfectly clean, as if he doesn't kind of realize what's going on. Um, and it's because she's there helping all of these people. Um, and so like immediately, I mean like, there Nynaeve is hey we got we got work to do, and Egwene if you want to be part of it you got to you can't sit around talking to Rand all day you got to get in here and help. And so I just mm-hmm. think that I don't know I just. I just thought it was really cool. No, it is. It it is, and it's ah, uh, it's almost like, yeah, it's it's so it's all of them are they have that sort of glint in their eye where they talk about far different regions and places that they've only gone this far, and they mm-hmm. wonder what it's like outside, and and then you also have the little bit of a you know romance sort of thing going on, and they're just they're, they're such um they're happy, they're optimistic, they're in love with life and they just want to, this is a good time for them, even though that it's winter and things are bad right now. Like Beltine is a, is a big, you know, party. Mm-hmm. They've got, they've got maybe fireworks. They've got a, um, you know, a gleeman showing up and they even have other visitors in the town. Uh, they have a peddler. The, the peddler mm-hmm. shows up here and gives them information. So yeah, it's, it's just these, this small village of people and it's, it's very attractive to kind of, see them looking out at the world and saying, God, there's so much out there. And, and just, I want to, I can't wait to, to get there and, and see all of that. So I'm with you. I mean, actually, I, I really do like, you know, Egwene as well. I mean, I think she's, she's awesome. I, I love Nynaeve. I mean, I absolutely love Nynaeve. Uh, and that's that people will know maybe why she's, she's awesome. I actually really, there's not a character up here that we're going to talk about that. I don't really, mm-hmm. really like in some way. Uh, right. Which, which is awesome. And they all have such extremely different paths um and come from different backgrounds and everything and just have uh different things to contribute to this this you know journey uh mm-hmm. so yeah so that's pretty much you know Egwene and Nynaeve um them being the wisdom and and sort of that would be like the head mm-hmm. of the women's circle also I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, they're kind of associated with the women's circle uh they they um 
you know, Nynaeve is the wisdom, and, and she's from another village, um, very young, but mm-hmm. uh, they, yeah. they almost, you know, Sen Bui and some of those other guys almost think she can control the weather and that she should mm-hmm. be able to, you know, and sort of like, what's, what's, why is the weather so bad? Um, yeah, they, they just don't, you know, I don't know. They, right. they, they butt heads with, with Nynaeve quite a bit, the, the right. uh, wisdom, so. Right. And so that brings us to um, and I think it's kind of interesting to do it in this way because it almost feels like some sort of a power structure. Right. You have a Gwen who who wants to become more naive, who is a wisdom. And then you have Moraine, who is an Aes Sedai. Right. I mean, so she's like the almost like the tippy top of like women's power. Um, and I just think it's interesting that we get introduced to all three of these characters in this in this very short um segment that that we're reading here because that is one of the biggest deals at least so far that i can see in this series is there is a difference between like it's not just like when you when you read a lot of medieval stuff um you know just because they like in game of thrones the women are you know put down and not at all in power whatsoever um but in in this book series it's like the women are almost in charge yes Absolutely. I mean, the, yeah. I mean, they like the you have the you have the village council and then the women's circle, and it's like almost like well, it's 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 above. It. And then you have the Aes Sedai who seem like they're uh, like the you know the real deal. They're oh, the yeah. people who are really in control. Um, I mean, saying well, this is this is kind of how it's going to be. And certainly, Moraine is like the next level above Nynaeve, right? Nynaeve mm-hmm. clearly knows, you know, like um, you know, I don't want to say magic, but she certainly understands like. You know, we view as science, right? Like, make yeah. sure you wash your hands as you're when you're cleaning these people. Oh yeah, 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 uh, and, and stuff like that. But then Moraine's like at, at like a far beyond level. There's clearly some sort of magic and and knowledge of other you know more yep. ancient, powerful things there. Yeah, for sure. So when we're introduced to her, I mean, we don't know really much about first, her. Yeah, yeah, who she is. Uh, we know that she's a stranger in Emmons Field. Um, y- you know, and then they, they talk about how Lady Moraine actually had gone up to the Wisdom and had called her child. Uh, and that how that had like really ticked off Nynaeve, mm-hmm. but but, but she meant I, nothing by it, you know. Yeah, but there's, there's they're, they're like similar ages, I think, aren't they? Or like at least they she looks like she's similar age. Yeah, they they look like they're similar age. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they. Okay. Uh, so yeah. I mean, they like Nynaeve is, uh, gosh, Nynaeve is a little bit older than than Rand and you know Perrin, Matt, and Egwene. P- P- th- those four are about the same age. Um, and then Nynaeve is a so few they're probably years I mean yeah Rand Rand and those guys are like I'd, they seem I, I don't know if it actually says let me look because uh, it might actually say how old they are I think they might be around eighteen or sixteen okay, or eighteen yeah I'm to certainly say. yeah certainly they they clearly are feel like teenagers where Nynaeve and Moraine feel like they're in either they're like twenties or like very very early thirties yeah and I think Nynaeve you know is is someone who okay so here we go um. Let's see. Putting him at about oh, they say like either nineteen or twenty. Okay. Um, this is I'm just going off of some some website here. Um, this is not even the Wheel of Time fandom. Uh, let me check that real quick too. So so that's what I was thinking. Like anywhere between eighteen and and twenty. And I think naive you could say was in her twenties. And then Moraine looks like she's in her thirties uh, or something. Although, <laughs> you know, Moraine's just interesting. She's just an interesting mm-hmm. character. Um. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. shows up. She gives them the coins, and then um, you know, she's got um, she clearly has some very strong questions for 
for uh, Rand uh, and 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 Matt and Perrin after the Trollocs attack, right? And you know, yeah, she she starts talking about a lot of these. Um, yeah, that's when they start talking about like the dragon and some of these prophecies and and stuff like that. And so um, clearly, I mean, she has knowledge of all of that stuff being an Aes Sedai. Right. Yeah. Oh, they they've got it mapped. Dude, people on Reddit are unbelievable, man. They've got the uh, the timeline because the, the actual the the timeline and the calendar system in in this is a little bit. And this is something we're going to be covering mm-hmm. in our. Wheel of Time history series is a little bit kind of crazy, um, depending on who who won the the wars in the past and uh, whoever was in power. They some people were trying to create new calendars and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do have it kind of listed here that he was probably around nineteen or twenty. Egwene might be eighteen, and Nynaeve maybe about you know twenty five. Um, okay. Yeah, they're even saying Egwene might be maybe even seventeen. Um, so, but they've got it kind of mapped out here. Uh, just I'll share this with you later, but. You know, yeah, yeah. So, so there you go. You kind of get an idea for, for age and in naive being that young. You know, Senbui and some of these older guys might look at her and even think she looks younger. Maybe I don't know, like because they really mm-hmm. think she's way too young to be a wisdom. You know, someone who is in charge. And I think the last wisdom. You know, also sometimes like it, just because of circumstances, maybe she was meant to be mentoring under you know another wisdom a little bit longer, and then um, because of circumstances, she she ends up taking over. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, at an earlier age than she anticipated. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. All right. Next character we have uh, is Lan. Uh, Lan yep. is with um, Moraine. Yep. Uh, there, it, it's you have an Aes Sedai and their their warder, um, and that's again that's where that gets into this whole power structure of the 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 Aes Sedai, right? So the, here it's like. It's like the wet, the warder is kind of like her. I don't want to use the word assistant or, or like oh, I don't know what the yeah, correct I term mean, is. Yeah, kind of almost. Um, let me think how to describe a warder. Like really, uh, they do assist her in a lot of ways. I mean, he assists her, and you know, he's also he, he protects her. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we can, we'll get into power companion. And Certainly, yeah. it's like her companion. Yeah. 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 Um, but but he's pretty awesome. He has there's a ton of mystery kind of surrounding him when you start this, right? I mean, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, actually, we don't we don't we really don't know much about him so so far. Yeah, and, and really, um, one of the boys that was there in the Two Rivers actually kind of he he when he first is talking about Lady Moraine says that he thinks you know he, well I think that land guy's a warder, and they're like what are you talking about? And he's like well he could be he could be mm-hmm. you know he looks like it because he has mm-hmm. sort of the cloak and he's heard legend that they've heard of. I Sedai and they've heard of warders, but they've never really met one. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't know what this would what this would be like. Uh, they, they, they barely, I mean, the idea that a Gleeman would come to their town is also just fascinating. And fireworks would be would be fascinating. They're they're mesmerized by the peddler. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's like Lan is almost just he's over the top, and he is he's super kind of um, mysterious. But he's a straight up badass. I mean, he is something else. And you get that because you can kind of you just get that vibe from him as he's um, just his presence, the way they mm-hmm. describe him. I mean, he's he's just a, mm-hmm. a cool dude, and he's got like yeah. a sword. He's got uh, he's got the little band wrapped around his head. There, he just you know, yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay, so then that that brings us to we have two more characters we're going to kind of bring up here. Tom, yeah, Tom Marilyn, Tom Marilyn, yeah. yeah. It, you know, he's a gleeman. 
Okay, yeah, I yeah. just I the Gleeman are who I'm just most drawn to because I just think it's cool. Yeah. These kind of traveling um, bards, you know, uh, they have stories. They they you know kind of tricks. Um, I just think they're I just think it's super cool. Yeah, I mean, he dedicates the whole you know chapter four to uh, it's titled the Gleeman and it's the Gleeman. It's it's really cool, and and actually when they first meet him, he's kind of coming down. He's staying there at the Wine Spring Inn, and he comes down, and he almost like kind of interrupts the. Um, mm-hmm. He he wanders by the the village council, uh, and they almost don't want him in their business, but they're also happy that he's there because he's gonna right you know, pr- provide them with great entertainment later on. Um, mm-hmm. let's see. Yeah, right here. Actually, um, I'll read a little bit of this. So the men were. Um, the village council, Rand went on. I'm sure they intended no discourtesy. You see, we just learned there's a war in Giladon, and a man claiming to be uh, the dragon reborn, a false dragon. Aes Sedai are riding there from Tarvalon. The council is trying to decide if we might be in danger here. Old news, even in Berlon, the Gleeman had said dismissively. So he's, he's you know, kind of just, I think, a little mystified by these these people like this is old news, but it's brand new news mm-hmm. to folks in the two rivers uh, here in Emmons Field. So, you know, he's um, but, but yeah, he's got his Gleeman's cloak. He has a, a flute, a harp. Um, he tells tales. He sings songs. He can juggle. He does knife tricks. I mean, he's 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 pretty awesome. So, yeah. OK. And then that brings us to our last character. We're going to kind of spotlight here. Tam Althor, Rand's father. Um, wow. OK, so. Tam seems pretty straightforward on, you know, just kind of a farmer. You think of like a farmer, I mean, uh, kind of a father, you know, just kind of this kind of rough around the edges. Yeah. Um, you know, bigger, stronger kind of guy. Um, he's out with Rand there at the beginning when they're um, they're on the road and, you know, he. You know, it's like not he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't necessarily not believe Rand, but he doesn't he certainly doesn't see the man with the black cloak. Um, And then then he kind of then everything just kind of happens really fast. Um, He they lock up their house. Right. Um, Because he's you know, he he starts to believe Rand more that he saw this man in this black cloak. And then the next thing you know, Trollocs attack and Rand, uh, excuse me, Tam gets hurt and he starts to be in a fever dream. And he starts saying all kinds of stuff, which we're about to get into, and we get to move over to our second our second uh, segment here. And then, um, you know, he's being kind of taken care of by Egwene and Nynaeve there. They get him over to him, and then it seems like they don't have a way to heal him. And so then, but then, Rand and these guys all have to leave. So that's kind of where yeah. we leave we leave Tam, right? And that's that's really what we're kind of covering in this first. You know, one through nine, and it's 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 fitting that we we ended with with Tam Althor because that's kind of where we're stopping for this episode. But I want to back up though and just talk about his presence. You know, when he shows up, um, I mean, the, the mayor, the village council, everyone really wants his opinion. They and they look to him. Right, they respect um, him. There's a lot of respect yeah, for him. A lot of respect. I mean, he's a guy who is just. I don't know. He's quiet. He's reserved. But also when he speaks, everyone listens. Um, and this is going to be such a weird, odd connection. But anybody who has read um, the story, uh, it's John Steinbeck, uh, um, his um, Of Mice and Men, I read it every year with my ninth grade class and we, we go over it. And so I think of a character on that ranch. His name is Slim. And he is a character who one of the lines about him is that um, 
that Slim heard more than what was said. And I always feel like Tam Althor is that type of guy. He, he hears more than what you actually say uh, because he's reading your body language. He's, he, he knows he's just very intu- intuitive, um, kind of almost like an all-knowing type of, of, of guy. And, it, it's, and he feels that way because we learn he's one of the few people who have been out of the two rivers and who, who's gone out into the world. And, and came back. And so there's just as much mystery surrounding him at the start of this. And it's, he's one of those characters who, um, you know, we haven't get, we haven't got to it in this part. I mean, we do, Matt does know we, we read through 17 through chapter 17. So we know mm-hmm. that we actually right. ultimately leave Tam in the two rivers. So it's just, it's like, Whoa, there's such a mystery, like, like just a gold mine of stuff in his mind or that he could tell us that, uh, we don't get yet. And we're going to have to be patient. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay, all right, well, hey, let's move on over to part two here since we're, that's right where we're at. So something special about Rand is what I have. This is going to be kind of the meat and potatoes here of our discussion today um, because, man, I mean, just from the get-go, you start you start finding out there's definitely some stuff going on uh, surrounding Rand um, and how he seems a little bit different. There's, uh, there's It seems like almost the Trollocs were, were after him specifically, uh, yeah. There's certainly some stuff that Tam says during his fever dream that we need to cover here. So um, I have a handful of highlighted sections here, and I'm this is coming from Kindle, so I'm certainly going to have the chapter. I'm going to say the page. I can't attest to whether or not it is uh, going to be the same page in yeah. the version of the book that you're reading. But he was hoping his father had not noticed. He was afraid when Tam said, remember the flame, lad, and the void. It was an odd thing Tam had taught him. Concentrate on a single flame and feed all your passion into it. Fear, hate, anger, until your mind became empty. Became one with the void, Tam said, and you could do anything. Nobody else in Edmondsfield talked that way, but Tam won the archery competition at Beltine every year with his flame and his void. Rand thought he might he might have a chance placing this year himself if he could manage to hold on to the void for Tam to bring it up now meant that he had noticed, but he had said nothing more about it. Now, that's from page 25, chapter one. So immediately, even in the first chapter, we see that Tam Mm-hmm. Um, kind of is you know is is isn't just saying concentrate. He's saying concentrate the flame, the void, uh, some things that it almost seems like are not things that anybody in Edmonds Field would uh, what otherwise would say. Right. Yeah. It's it's yeah. They they wouldn't they don't speak that way. They don't talk that way. And but it sets him apart. I mean, he and also, you know, Tam's not going around teaching other people this. He's just teaching Absolutely. this to his son. And so his son sort of knows. I don't hear anybody else talking like this to to his other friends, to Matt or to Perrin or or to any of the other boys uh, there in Emmons Field. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, definitely yeah, and it's special. not it's, and it's definitely not just it's not just Rand. It's also Tam. We learned there's definitely some stuff going on with Tam. Um, I mean, he's clearly left Edmonds Field at some point and done some traveling. Um, yeah. And that's I think I think that's something super important to take back. So now I'm going to shift gears here to almost to chapter five. So this is when the Trollocs attack. Yeah, um, this is going to be kind of where a lot of the rest of this discussion comes in. So this is from page 80. When Tam came back, uh, Rand started in surprise, a thick or star stared, excuse me, stared in surprise. A thick belt slanted around Tam's waist and from the belt hung a sword with a bronze horn on the back scabbard. 
on the black scabbard and another on the long hilt. The only men Rand had ever seen wearing swords were the merchant's guards and Lan, of course, that his father might own one had never even occurred to him except for the uh, herons on the, the, the sword look a good deal like land sword. Where did that come from? He asks, did you get it from a peddler? Like how much, how much did it cost? Slowly Tam drew the weapon firelight played along the gleaming length. It was nothing at all. Like the plain rough blades Rand had seen in the hands of merchants guards, no gems or gold adorned it, but it seemed grand to him. Nonetheless, the blade very slightly curved and sharp, on only one edge bore another heron etched into the steel short quillions worked uh, to look like braid uh, braid flanked the hilt it seemed almost fragile compared with the swords of the merchant's guards most of those were double-edged and thick enough to chop down a tree i got it a long time ago tam said a long way from here and i played and i paid entirely too much two coppers is not as is too much for one of these your mother didn't approve but she always um, wiser than I, I was y- young then, and it seemed worth the price at the time. She always wanted me to get rid of it, and more than once I thought she was right that I should just give it away. So, I mean, right there, we 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 see. Okay, well, clearly he got this some way, somewhere long away from Edmonds Field. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh it's a fascinating little thing that you know he doesn't see other people wearing it. It's a sword that's different than the merchants. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's got a, it, it's marked by herons. So it's, there's actually mm-hmm. two, two heron marks on it. Um, and it's, uh, it's super sharp. Uh, it's mm-hmm. also, it looks like, like one of the things I think he says, and I, he kind of mentions, or he'll mention, he'll definitely mention it later, is that it looks like it's, it's freaking in pristine condition. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's surprising that it's, that it's this awesome. And yeah, he paid too much. Um, and, and and here's something is that like, really, what he's saying there is two coppers is too much for one of these. Your mother's di- your mother didn't approve. She uh, she was always wiser than I. It's almost like he's he, I mean because two coppers is like not much. So this this mm-hmm. this sword clearly is is worth a lot more. But it's the idea that it's it's what the sword brings you or, or why you would have or the 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 need to have a sword. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's not worth, it's not worth it. You know right. what I mean? It's, it's like, it brings so much other, different, another aspect or, or element into your life of, of violence and danger and, and what have you. So it's, it's not even worth, worth having that. It'd be better if we didn't have to have it. Um, mm-hmm. exactly. And there is yeah, an element. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't seem like the sword is, and there's really nothing special about it other than it's just a nice sword. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any sort of, magical qualities to it or or anything like that but i think it's more the fact that he got it from someplace far away that's the important thing to to take away from it okay yeah yeah i mean i could be wrong but i just where i'm at so yeah (laughs) Yeah, no no no. yeah yeah. i mean um there's there's uh it it's it it is the idea that he's traveling what it's showing mm -hmm. you is that tam has been outside of the two rivers and there's more to this man yeah. Exactly, because immediately following that, page eighty-one, why would Tam have bought a sword? He could not, he could not even imagine. And where had Tam come by it? How far away? No one ever left two rivers, or very few at least. He had always vaguely supposed his father must have gone outside. His mother had been an outlander, but a sword. He had a lot of questions to ask uh, once they had settled at the table. Well, 
Unfortunately, he doesn't get asked any of those questions because um, pretty much immediately following that is when the Trollocs start to attack. Um, And then Rand actually gets hold of the sword. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he says, the wolf smile became a snarl and the Trolloc lunged for him. Rand had not thought anything... Uh, anything that big could move so fast. Desperately, he brought his sword up. The monstrous body crashed into him, slamming him against the wall. Uh, breath left his lungs in one gasp. He fought for air as they fell to the floor together, the Trolloc on top. Frantically, he struggled beneath the crushing weight, trying to avoid thick hands groping for him and snapping jaws. Abruptly, the Trolloc smashed, uh, spasmed and was still battered and bruised half suffocated by the bulk uh, on top of him for a moment Rand could only lie there in disbelief quickly he came to his senses though enough to uh, writhe out from under the body at least and body it was the bloodied blade of Tam's sword stood out from the center of the Trolloc's back he had gotten it up in time after all blood covered Rand's hands as well and made a blackish smear across the front of his shirt his stomach churned and he swallowed hard to keep from being sick he shook as hard as he had in the worst of his fear but in this but in this time the relief of still being alive well it's a good thing he had that sword yeah yeah no kidding I mean um and the crazy right before that too is you know Tam is in there using it and he he's mm-hmm. you know Rand goes on the run and then he ends up rendezvousing with his his father later on and you know he needs to get back into the house to get some supply and stuff and yeah I mean it's it's a great thing he had it he he gets it up just in time and and that's his first kill really his mm-hmm. first time that he's taken you know like besides like just hunting and stuff you know this is uh, this is a violent sort of um, you know. Uh, uh, fight combat that he had here with this with this Trolloc and these things are just man these things the descriptions of the Trollocs too are just mm-hmm. they're hideous they are just some some your worst nightmare type of th- they're huge mm-hmm. too I mean mm-hmm. I think people think like well the Trollocs aren't that big of a deal no they're huge they're a big deal so mm-hmm. Abs- yeah absolutely and so this is I mean in and then I want to just bring up bring up right right here the next the next the next the next thing I have highlighted here. So um, this is in chapter six. So just a couple of pages after, um, you know, he's he's angry with himself. You know, this was no time or place for foolish fancies. It was only a big knife. How many times had he dreamed about wearing a sword and having adventures? If he could kill one Trolloc with it, he could surely fight off others as well. Only he knew all too well that what had happened in the farmhouse had been the purest luck. And his daydream adventures had never included his teeth chattering or running for his life through the night or his father at the point of death. So, I mean, it's just I just think I just think it's crazy that we go from in in the span of, you know, one chapter. Um, tr- uh, your your dad pulling out this sword that he got from someplace really far away uh, to his father being attacked and now, um, in some sort of fever dream, you know, and, and not doing so well. And you've killed a Trolloc, uh, which is something out of your, which is out of your, you know, imagination and daydreams and, and fantasies. Um, and you thinking, well, that was just luck that I killed him. So, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy to see all of these coincidences happening right at once. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, yeah, I think one of the th- things we need to look at there too is is y- y- the way you have it in your mind, and you think of these adventures. Oh, it'd be so fun! It'd be so cool to just be, you know, out on horseback, um, taking on the world with your sword and and stuff. And really, that's yeah, it's not the way it is. And he even says, you know, it it was by the purest luck that he mm-hmm. was able to get up, get his sword up in time. And and um, and he knows that he acknowledges, he realizes that, like, wow, I couldn't actually fight one of these guys off. 
I just got mm-hmm. lucky there. You know, this is crazy. What am I doing? I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good because you, 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 you don't want your main character to have sort of that false sense of sort of uh, I can do anything and I'm just going to charge, exactly. charge in there and, and stuff. That's not real and it, it, it's hard to kind of connect to um, with, with a character like that. I mean, I would be, you know, teeth chattering, shaking in my boots, like, you know, pissing my britches out there in the woods wondering what in the world is <laughs> Trollocs <laughs> running around like, oh my God, dude. It's, it's, it's crazy because I, like reading this series now, there's been a few times where I've, I've uh, on, on Twitter, I've tweeted out, like, just got out of my car and swore to God I, I saw, like, a fade or a trolley mm-hmm. over in the dark. I'm like, I'm like, what is over there? By, like, I have a big barn over my yard. I'm always just like, what the, what was that? Something just bounced mm-hmm. around the corner there? It's like, no, it's nothing. It's never been there before. But I'm thinking about this series, and it's, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, that, yeah, that is a, a cool um, connection there. And there is, again, this is all kind of pointing towards there's something special about Rand. About Rand exactly. Yeah. So this is uh, this is by far the biggest um, kind of takeaway here. There's something something clearly something is is not adding up with Rand. This is from chapter six. This is when uh, Tam is speaking from his uh, fever dream. After time, Tam spoke up again. Aven uh, uh It said it said it makes no seed, but they brought a cutting to Kyrian. Uh, Kyrian, yeah, some of these names I will need just a little bit of help yeah, on here. Yeah, a sapling, a royal gift of wonder for the king. Though he sounded angry, he was barely loud enough for Rand to understand. Anyone who could hear him would be able to hear the little scraping across the ground too. Rand kept on, only half listening. They never make peace, never. But they brought a sapling as a sign of peace. Five hundred years it grew. Five hundred years of peace with those who make no peace with strangers. Why did he cut it down? Why? Blood was the price for Avend... Avendor... Avendosaur. Oh. No, is it... I don't think it's Avendosaur. I think Avendalirdra? I don't know. Um, blood for the price of Layman's pride. He faded off into muttering once more. Tiredly, Rand wondered what the fever dream Tan could be having now. Avendosaur, the tree of life, was supposed to have all sorts of miraculous qualities, but none of the stories mentioned any sapling... Or any um, they. There was only one, and that belonged to the Green Man. Only that morning, he might have felt foolish at musing over the Green Man and the Tree of Life. They were stories, are they? Trollocs were just stories this morning. Maybe all the stories were real, and all um, uh, as the new as the news of peddlers and merchants brought all the Gleeman's tales and all of the stories told at night in front of the fireplace. Next, he might actually meet the Green Man or an uh, auger guy, a giant or a wild black-veiled Aielman. Tam was talking again. He realized sometimes only, murmuring sometimes loud enough to understand. From time to time, he stopped to, to pant for breath, then went on as if he thought he had been speaking the whole time. Battles are always hot, even in the snow, su- uh, sweet heat, blood heat, only death is cool, slope of the mountain, only place didn't stink of death had to get away from the smell of it the sight of it heard a baby cry their women fight alongside the men sometimes but they had let her come i don't give birth there alone before she died of her wounds covered the child with her cloak but the wind blown the cloak away child blue um with the cold should have been dead um, crying there, crying in the snow. I just couldn't leave a child. Uh, no children of our own. Always knew you wanted children. I knew you'd take it to your heart. 
Uh, Kyrie, yes, lass, Rand is a good name. A good name. Suddenly, Rand's legs lost a little strength they had. Stumbling, he fell to his knees. Tam moaned with the jolt, and a strip of blanket cut into Rand's shoulders. But he was not aware of either. Uh, if a if a trollic had leaped up in front of him right then he would have just stared at it he looked over his shoulder at tam who had sunk back into wordless murmurs fever fever dreams he thought uh dully uh fevers always brought bad dreams and this was a night for nightmares even without a fever you are my father he said aloud stretching back a hand to tam and i am uh the fever was worse much worse Grimly, he struggled to his feet. Tam murmured something, but Rand refused to listen to any more. Throwing his weight against the improved harness, he tried to put all of his mind into taking one laden step after another, into reaching the safety of Edmonds Field, but he could not stop the echo of the uh, in the back of his mind. He is my father. It was just a fever dream. He is my father. It was just a fever dream. Light, who am I? Light. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, I mean... Good... I mean, wow. So that, I mean, it just makes it seem like, okay, we know. So now at this point, we know um, Tam was doing some traveling. Rand's mother isn't alive currently. Mm -hmm. Um, And seems like he found Rand out there somewhere in in his travels. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, I know, man. It's uh, th- th- that's actually a really important uh, uh, piece there. And even what really, in going back through and doing this this uh, a reread for me, I am amazed. I always remember the bits that Tam says. I always that really sticks out. Like you're always like, what did he say? And it was a fever dream. You're trying to you know focus in there, but actually. There's a lot of stuff in in Rand's uh, thoughts where he's thinking in between the murmurings of his father. Total foreshadowing, some crazy stuff that he says there. That I'm just like, holy cow, that's that's actually really awesome. That that is, you know, woven in there. Um, but yeah, his father is uh, is sort of says that. I mean, you can almost imagine that that he. Like, what other child would he be talking about? You know, was uh, right. the only other thing you could well, think and of is th- they specifically say Rand. You know? They specifically say Rand is a good name. Yeah, yeah they, they do. You're exactly so. They, they're talking about Rand. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, man. It's um, that is he's he's an interesting. Um, Tam's interesting. He's got an interesting mm-hmm. backstory, and and uh, we don't really know anything about uh, him at this point, other than he's got a mysterious sword and he's having a fever dream where he pretty much found Rand. <laughs> yeah so yeah i mean those are i mean again we're only, I mean, you know, only talking chapters one through nine here um and i'm not that much further along anyway so but that certainly uh is going to be something i think that is going to be very interesting to keep uh, an eye out on throughout the rest of this book so um okay so some other interesting uh segments here this is from chapter eight page 118 a trollic said the um murdral wanted to talk to me i don't know what it meant uh, Land's heads jerked up. This is talking about what the what the Trolloc kind of said to him. He said, "You talk to a Trolloc? Not exactly." Rand stammered. The warder gazed. Um, the warder's gaze held him like a trap. It talked to me. I said it wouldn't hurt. It said it wouldn't hurt me. That the Murdral wanted to talk to me, but then it tried to kill me. Um, he licked his lips and rubbed his hands along the knobby leather of the sword hilt. Uh, in short, choppy sentences, he explained about the returning to the farmhouse. I killed it. Instead, he finished. Uh, by accident, really, it jumped at me, and I had the sword in my hand. Land's face softened slightly. 
um, if Rock could said to soften. Even so, that is something to speak of, sheep herder. Until last night, there were only a few men south of the borderlands who could say they had even seen a Trolloc, much less kill one. So re- regardless of whether it's it's just luck or, or some skill involved or, or something else, whether that sword has some sort of a magical power or there is just some there's just more to Rand, mm-hmm. um, his reputation is certainly can grow from this. So I think that's something to, uh, to take into consideration. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's he's um, he's, he's doing things that are that are almost outside of what you would think are his within his capacity. Skill I mean, he, he's yeah. A, yeah, he's a guy who says earlier on that he's hoping to just only place in this year's archery competition. Um mm-hmm. But now he's out here facing, you know, these individuals, the Trollocs and Murdral and 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 whoever else that he, he, these these were just, you know, rumors. These were stories um, before him. But now they've their stories come to life and they're horror stories. They're nightmares walking around his farm and mm-hmm. he's faced with those and he, and he takes one out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, OK, so the last the last uh, thing I have here. Just something to highlight. Uh, chapter eight, page one twenty one. It was you three that Murdral sought, and none others. Rand shifted uneasy, wishing she would not look at him like that, as if her eyes could pierce his brain and read what lay in every corner of it. What would they want with us? We're just farmers, sheep herders. That is a question that has uh, no answer in the two rivers. Marine said quietly, but the answer is important. Trollocs. Um, where they have not been seen in almost 2,000 years, tells us that much. Lots of stories tell about Trolloc raids, uh, Rand said stubbornly. We just never had one here before. Warders fight Trollocs all the time, Lane snorted. Um, boy, I expect that to fight Trolloc, Trollocs along the Great Blight, but not here, nearly 600 leagues to the south. That was um, as hot a raid last night as I expect to see in Shinear or any of the Borderlands. In one of you, Moraine said, or all three, there is something the Dark One fears. That's impossible, says Rand. <laughs> That's impossible. <laughs> That's impossible, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, yeah. There's something, uh, you know, there's something in you. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I think, I think it's I th- because Rand is our main character, obviously, and we know a little bit about his now suspicious backstory. Um I mean, that obviously, you know, causes me to believe there's obviously something bigger about Rand, which is why I titled that entire segment that. Um, but, I mean, I think it's interesting also that Matt and um, Perrin, you know, they were after them as well. They're all about the same age. So there's maybe there's yeah. something significant with all three of them. Um, right. But, I mean, right now I think it's just easiest based upon where we're at in the story. Um, I mean, as far as I can see with Rand, just because... You know, we I haven't learned more about matter matter parent yet, but I think I think certainly um, there's something special about Rand. Well, well, that's the thing. I mean, instead of following you know uh, Matt and Perrin back to their homesteads, we follow Rand. You know, back to his. We we followed him into town. We're going to follow him back out, and so that's the character we're going to focus in on. And and I think you're right. You know, when they when they come back, because um, we're about to jump into sort of our third segment here, the the dream world, the dark one, mm-hmm. and the dragon. Um, and really, it's a discussion on on chapter nine. Um, a lot of dark elements, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to it. But like, 
the Trollocs, like, sp- there's a pattern here. I mean, <laughs> there's a pattern. And uh, they they were targeting um, specific places. And, and it looked like they were after maybe Matt and Perrin as, as, as well. And you just read that. So there's definitely something there, you know? I mean, it's not mm-hmm. just like, it's not like they just went after everybody's farm. They went after specific ones. And these were also the boys who saw the Dark Rider early on. Right. Mm-hmm. They had seen it. And, you know, that they were wondering if others had seen it. They wanted to bring it to the village council, but they were like, oh, I don't know. We're just, you know, Matt's sort of the, the boy who cries wolf. And so we want to make sure somebody else has seen it. Well, then Perrin had seen it. And you're like, wait a second. What? Um, OK, well, let's see if we can get a few more people who have seen this thing. So these are the guys who clearly something something special about them. But, right. you know, most most clearly Rand is is uh, already elevated in our mind as someone who's significant so mm-hmm. yeah oh, yeah. yeah well hey that's you know what we will start we will find out more next uh next time right yeah now that we'll once we get to drive a little bit for but um now let's, let's just go ahead and dive into chapter nine then we can just talk a little bit just very briefly about kind of the first nine chapters and where that kind of leaves us so yeah um chapter nine tellings of the wheel now this is where rand is having a dream and he's being talked to by some pretty dark um he certainly sees some dark things right he sees trollocs um and there's uh there's like some voices calling out to him serve me serve me um the light consume you shaitan um and then (laughs) he ends up and then um he ends up kind of waking up from this you know it is your destiny a voice whispered in his head um this your destiny is something that keeps that it keeps um being repeated and then Rand ends up sitting up and this is where he ends up kind of having a conversation with um uh Moraine and yeah. and they say you know it's it's time to leave. Yeah, I mean so this the, the beginning of this is is really interesting. It's um it's he's he's having this dream and we'll find out soon. This is not I want to kind of stretch us a little bit here that mm-hmm. dreams are significant um in Robert Jordan's world. Um, mm-hmm. having a dream and, you know, it's, it's, it's funny too, cause dreams are significant in a game of Thrones. They're significant in Lord of the Rings, Star they, Wars, Harry yeah, Potter, visions, dreams, whatever you want to call it. Um, it, they're, they're a big deal and you can use them to do some great storytelling. So he is interacting with this dream seems more than just a dream. It seems real. Um, and he's completely shook by it. Um, he he's being chased by Trollocs, right? And as you said, they're calling out. There's a voice calling, you know, saying "Serve me," and mm-hmm. he ends up, you know, throwing himself over an edge uh, so he doesn't have to face the Dark One. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uh, that's really what's 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 going on. Um, his dream changes. Um, he's looking at Tarvalin, right, um, mm-hmm. for being chased and falling again. Uh, and then he's he's on a bridge uh, leading into a city. People are gesturing him towards the tower. Um, he, he tries going other ways, but the tower is always straight ahead of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the crowds lead him on to the tower, and he goes in to find a murdral waiting for him. And that's when, yeah, as you say, he kind of awakens. Um, it's it's weird, too, because the, the dream is kind of fragmented, and, and the more they dream, they're actually going to... these They'll, they'll remember more of, of their dreams, and they they tell a story um, and they're almost like a little bit of 
gosh, um, I don't know. Like, like it's almost like you, like he's being spoken to, like truly spoken to by the dark one here. Um, and also that maybe he's seeing the future a little bit as well. Um, and I, I'm just throwing that little tiny, you know, tidbit out there for folks to enjoy. Cause mm-hmm. I think like there's some really interesting stuff and you really got to pay attention to what, is happening in dreams. I, like a lot of times, and I remember when I first read the Lord of the Rings, I was kind of like, oh, all right, Frodo's having a dream about some tower and this and that, and it's whatever. It's a big freaking deal. And th- when I go, when I went back and through um, my second and third reread, I was like, wowzers, got to pay attention to that kind of stuff because they're, they're, the author's using that, um, that dream. It's a, it's an, it's a, you know, it's a device that they're using to kind of uh, build the world and tell you what's, what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it also, as you said, Sir Matt, it, it elevates Rand even more so as someone who is interesting. Now he, he was trying to stay awake with his father and, um, because he, he, you know, and that's what he kept saying. He kept saying, he is my father, you know, at the end of chapter eight, like, like I am his son. I mean, he's reassuring himself as his father's laying there, which he, he thinks dying, uh, mm-hmm. possibly. And, you know, so he's reassuring himself of that. And then he drifts into this nightmare. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But the rest of this chapter, too, is, is really interesting. So when he awakes, um, as as you said, sort of he, he wants to tell, you know, Tam sort of what happened. Um, he wants to ask him about the, about, about the fever dream and different things. Um, so Ram tell he, he tells uh, um Tam, what Moraine said about having to leave the two rivers. Tam says that Aes Sedai are tricky, right? That yeah. They are, yeah. <laughs> um, that while they do tell the truth, it might not be what you think it is, right? Mm-hmm. So that same truth that they're telling might not be. So he's being warned about, mm-hmm. you know, avoiding Aes Sedai and, and being careful around them. So. Yeah, he's got to be careful when he's around Moraine. Uh, Tim wants to leave with them, except that he needs time to recover. Um, and so then you you have Lan who shows up, and uh, you know they're basically kind of making the point to these guys that the Dark One we is need, after you guys. Yeah, we need to go. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So, um, a couple of things I guess since we're talking about the Dark One, you know, you really have. His minions, you've got the Trollocs, who mm-hmm. are sort of like orcs, is what I think of them as. If you've if you've read exactly, I think yeah. I think that's that's the most that's the most yeah yeah easy yeah. comparison. And and something that would um that would drive the orcs on or the Trollocs would be your Murdral in this case or a Fade. They're sometimes referred to as a Fade, uh, and they they oh, they're scary dudes, man. When 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 the Murdral show up, like. You can't move. You're petrified. It's that fear that like that you that you can't move from. I mean, here's an example. So I have you ever I don't know, like I think I don't know if I've ever if I'm having a dream or, or when when this happens, but like I've had dreams where I'm like I know there is something like it feels like there's something walking into my room or the door is creaking and I am just I know something's coming into my room mm-hmm. and it's gonna kill yep. me, but I'm yep. petrified and I can't move yes. at all. Absolutely. And I'm like, yep. What? That's that's how these guys feel when a fade shows up, because you'll you'll see like they're being told like run and they just can't move, man. <laughs> they're just like, like oh my god, they're they're stuck there. Uh, they're that kind of scary, and they have a presence about them that is. So the Trollocs are bad enough, but it's it's like the Murdral are deadly. 
I mean, absolutely mm-hmm. just deadly. Like when they show up. So, and then you, the you fades, fades are kind of like I think of them as um, oh, the things in Lord of the Rings, the uh, ring wraiths. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like um, right. Yeah. They, they right again. They're they're black. Um, they mm-hmm. got their black hoods. Uh, they're on black mm-hmm. stallions, black riders, if you will. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and and they just they super, they're super scary. So so anyways, you've got that. There will be other um dark creatures, kind of show up. Um, there were mentions and references to dark friends, uh, mm-hmm. in in this as we started off, and you're like, what is that? Um, there was there was a reference to like the false dragon. Uh, which I thought was really cool in, in Gilodon. So one of the things as we talk about the, this segment is sort of kind of a kind of a wrap up and looking back over this these first several chapters and what was kind of cool or, or important. They reference the dragon, mm-hmm. and we just read the prologue where they called Luce Theron Telamon the dragon. Exactly. And so we're sitting here going, okay, wait a second. That guy also killed all of his family, you know, and he was a kinslayer. You know, and the betrayer of hope shows up and is like trying to explain to him, shows him, reveals to heals him mm-hmm. so that he can see the destruction that he caused. Um, and then we even had two little two little um, prophecies or, or tellings, I guess, uh, that were that Robert Jordan decided to put in there and, and show us that, like, it was foretold that the dragon would ride again. On the yeah. winds of time. That's in there for a reason. It's super important that you read that before going into chapter one, because now then, you know, Rand, when he when he first brings up the false dragon, he almost kind of starts to like stumble or he says, like, you know, the, the um, there's a, you know, a man in, 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 in Giladon uh, claiming to be the dragon. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, a false dragon, a false dragon, like like God forbid you would, you know, light forbid that you would say um that this was truly the dragon come again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you start to get set up this idea, and this this really disrupted uh, the, the the people in Emmons Field. They were so concerned. When Pot on Fane, the, the peddler, shows up, and he starts talking about this news. And again, Tom Maryland said, it's old news. You know, it is what it is. The I said I maybe have already gone down and dealt with this, or they are there, you know, mm-hmm. dealing with this. They're worried. They start to kind of think that maybe the path in which the Aes Sedai would take to get down to Giladon, this is where you, you, like you have to reference the map in the beginning of the book. Uh, it's fascinating to see where the countries are and where, where Giladon is and the path that the Aes Sedai would have to take from Tarvalon, which is their headquarters, um, and, and have to come down to get the false dragon. They talk about this. The village council kind of says, you know, uh, or you know, Tam explains later on to Ran that it wouldn't have been long like the village, the the village would have worried about it, but instead, um, the village council kind of takes it on as their burden. Don't you guys worry about it? Um, he kind of says like everyone they they tried to save the village from getting all worked up over nothing. You know, yes, there's potential danger, but after a few weeks, folks would have realized, oh yeah, they're not gonna you know, come too close to us that they would clearly take this route and this path. But it takes people sometimes, you know, a little bit of time to get to that, to draw that conclusion. So the village mm-hmm. council was trying to explain, because they're worried, they're not just worried about the false dragon. They're worried about the Aes Sedai showing up. This was before, I mean, we talked about Moraine uh, being there. And, and once the Trollocs attack uh, in the two rivers, Moraine is, is revealed. She is now healing as an Aes Sedai and everyone's bowing and, 
Lady Moraine and this and that. I mean, they're kind of can't believe that they're in the presence of an Aes Sedai. And just a chapter before that, they were they were scared to death that the Aes Sedai might come by their village or that the, that the war would come close. And so they're sending out riders to Devon Rye and different places. And, you know, that was kind of cool, right? Because Matt wanted to be, um, they wanted to be on the guard, you know, they wanted to be um, on like the watchers who would go out and kind of, you know, see what was going on in, in these other areas. They, they referenced the other villages, right? Um, so, man, it was just, uh, that's sort of a, I don't know. It's 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 wild when you start talking about the like the 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 dragon or the false dragon. People just go crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I what love, it seems. I like. love it. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Oh, just yeah, just tales, and they just yeah, they're all yeah. The people of Edmondsfield seem like they don't want anything to do with the outside world. No, no, they're they're content. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, they're content with their with all of their basically their export, their import. They're just doing their own thing. Uh, they're, they're also described as stubborn people. Um, the one thing we're not going to get to in this episode um, is going to be the speech on Manetherin. Uh, and I think maybe we'll follow up uh, right afterwards with that and kind of talk about the lay of the land here a little bit and the regions mm-hmm. surrounding yes, yeah, right. this area. Because I think that's cool and kind of important. And it's, they're just referenced. They're not really flushed out. You kind of... I was actually confused when I first started reading... Um, my, my, during my fr- very, very first read, I remember being so confused. I would refer back to the map all the time, just, where are they at? Where are mm. they going? And then, the, like, they, they, cause right now we're at the point where they're about to take off and you gotta pay close attention. So that's kind of what we're gonna do, a, um, you know, an extended edition episode just to, to talk more about it. But man, I mean, um, yeah, talk of, of the dark one and, and t- here's something interesting. Talk of Aes Sedai, the Dark One, and the Dragon, um, all seem to be big no-nos. You know, yeah. don't they? Right? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Should not be talking about those things. They actually all seem like they're all bad. Uh, although we see Moraine do some good, and mm-hmm. but then we get a warning from I mean, she saved Tam, but yet Tam says, "Don't trust her." You know, so it really is great storytelling because we're we we don't know what to do with this character Moraine. She seems nice. She gave us a coin. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, the Tarval and Mark. But what do we do with that? Um, so that she's fascinating. I mean, absolutely fascinating. Just just like, what do they do with her? Because they're told left and right not to trust her. And actually, um, I think they encounter right after the Trolloc attack, Tom Marilyn. This is just some wrap up stuff. You know, Tom Marilyn, when he shows up there, um, he also kind of lets us we're we're sort of like, this, this Gleeman doesn't trust him either. And he's a he's a well-traveled guy that's not just my dad who's been in the two rivers you know or or people here in in Emmonsfield this is somebody who's been out and about and he doesn't seem to trust the Aes Sedai either so I I don't hey one of my polls was uh it was just from last week I said you know Tarn Ferryman can we trust him everybody agree with me on Patreon they no. said no no yeah you can't, can't. trust him you can't count trust your, him so you count your coppers right yeah <laughs> oh gosh so, yeah, and that's when they start to kind of talk about the different regions around, you know, like, can you, you can't trust people from over here and over there. So, yeah, the Two, River, two Rivers people are just, um, they're stubborn, and and Moraine is actually about to give a speech, you know, to to these people about Manetherin and their heritage and where they're from, mm-hmm. um, or where they're descended from, and the blood that runs in this land. So that's that's something we can kind of kind of follow up on, but... I don't know, man. Things to pay attention to. That dream world, I think, is really important. I, I think, you know, him running from 
not only it wasn't just running from the dark one. He's he, well, he's running from the, from the Muradral, the dark one. Um, but then he's also being herded towards a tower. Uh, and it, no matter what he does, it seems like there's nothing that he can do. Um, he just keeps being herded towards this tower, and he can't get away from that. So that's something to pay attention to. Yeah. All right. Well, man, I think yeah. it's now. Um, and so now that we're kind of uh, wrapping up here, uh, should I go ahead and make my prediction? Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I do. I want to hear what you. Okay. What you got? Um. So because you know, every time I need to draw upon my one power to try and see into the future. So yeah, this right. is gonna have to be post chapter seventeen, but I'll leave it kind of broad for people that's who fine. haven't read that far since I've read that far. Um. And I said this to you. I. Maybe I'm just being naive here, or. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it certainly seems like Rand and Egwene are gonna hook up. I mean, that mm-hmm. it just seems it seems it seems relatively obvious that that's that's, that's what's really gonna ha- that's that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. So, um, not not really to spoil anything, but certainly to tease something from the next episode. Um, let's just say Egwene, um, you know, who is very eager to learn to become a wisdom, may do a little bit of uh, training with uh with with lady with lady moraine and rand never felt so far away from her oh man so there's there's certainly some um (laughs) i think i got them feelings you know going Uh on (laughs) so Uh so so what so what that's what seems to be going on there but uh, that's that's just kind of my 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 early early prediction so far yeah yeah so the, the gift of foretelling seeing into the future and uh, predicting what may may come there. I like that. I like that. I'm actually mm-hmm. I'm going to keep a we have a doc going here, so I'm going to actually keep a list of Matt's predictions. So, mm-hmm. you know, Matt uh, predicts yep, uh, that zero. Rand and Egwene will hook up. Yep, I think he's got them feelings. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Um, cool <sighs> beans. So that's that's kind of a so right after we always make a little prediction, just going forward. Um, another thing that we will do too, when we have these, um, feel free to send in a comment, uh, to our, our Gmail, um, the horn of Valir at gmail.com, which is mm-hmm. again, just the coolest email one could have. Um, or, um, even an easier, like I would say, you do that pretty quickly. Um, or you can head over to Patreon in our discussion threads. You'll see them. It, it literally just says eye of the world part, you know, one or part two or whatever it may be. And it will list off the chapters that we covered, and there's a discussion thread there where you guys can kind of comment. Um, and even if you want to comment on, you know, obviously uh, comment on what we have here, the next time before we dive in to the next segment, we will read some of those comments and mm-hmm. kind of go over those on the show. So if there was something that we missed, you know, if you wanted us to talk about the interactions between Tom Marilyn and some of the other characters, uh, we'd love for you to send that in. We'd, we'd love to kind of, you know, um, talk about those things. Uh, like I said, right after this, our extended edition will take place where we're going to you know, head over to Patreon and continue the discussion real quickly. Just a deeper dive into Manetherin, what it means, its significance, and it is, it is, it is extremely significant uh, in the entire series. It's actually really cool, um, and it will kind of tie into our uh, A Wheel of Time history look, uh, our, our look back, our Hall of Servants sort of um, exclusive episode there, too, so... That'll be kind of neat. And we have a poll for you guys over on uh, Patreon. You can go check out there. So it's basically the, the question is this. Um, if uh, 
you know, if, if you were in Giladon, if you were there and you heard um, you had a man walk by and, and say that he, you know, uh, and, and, and say that he was the dragon, you know, come again. Would you follow him? Would you follow the dragon or would you not? I kind of want to know where everybody stands on that right now. And, it, it, and you could even, I mean, again, you could have no clue as to where this is going, but, um, you know, do you, do you trust the dragon? Do you not trust the dragon? Would you follow him? So that's the, the, the poll over on uh, Patreon there. So Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, we want to thank you for answering the call. In our next episode, we will be discussing the Eye of the World, chapters 10 through 17. Yeah, so absolutely make sure you get your comments in there and you send us some uh, some emails about that as well. Um, and one thing here, so if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, and write that review. The reviews definitely help. Um, we're really excited about this new podcast, and we're really hoping um, the more interest we get, the more people who are who are talking about it, and the more people who are in the club, um, you know, like like the the bigger the, it'll grow, and and I think it'll be kind of cool. Uh, we have some really good rewards built in just for people to send us something, we will read it. I think people who don't know us. Uh, may not know that, Sir Matt, that we will read your stuff on the show. And that is a big thing for us. We love for you to feel like Absolutely you're part of the show. Absolutely, we will. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, we've met so many cool, great, awesome friends that it's just fantastic. So make sure you leave that uh, review, leave that comment, or send us a message at thehornofvalier at gmail.com. We will see you January 15th. And remember that the grave is no bar to our call. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.